Okay, I'm jumping back into the Journal of Jungian Scholarly Studies, Volume 17, uh, 2022, and an article that was written by John G. Corlett that I took some interest in. It's a leadership framework derived from the ideas of C.G. Jung, and I've really enjoyed reading it. Um, I'll just go through the sections real quick. The introduction... Uh, I read the literature review, which had to do with the personal development of the leader, the day-to-day -day conduct of leadership, the role of leadership in organizational change. Um, that was the one earlier that was about 20 minutes because I took time to comment a little bit on some of those points. Then the next one was Young Points to a Leadership Framework, and there were four components, so I decided to do those each four uh, in individual recordings. Component one was an individual is called by an inner voice to embark on the journey of individuation, the development of personality. Component two, the individual embraces the work of individuation. Component three, the individual having achieved personality becomes a leader. Component four, the leader engages in wholeness-oriented leadership dynamics with one or more willing followers. So each one of those was fleshed out really well. And it was quite a large section. So again, I took that over the course of the next four recordings. Then there was leadership behavior with some minor subpoints, And that was all in one reading. Then implications of the framework for leadership theory and practice. That was the one that we did last. Young, the fr or right before this one, which was Young, the framework and the issue of racism, and we did that one last. So there's a number of different ones here that are um, that we could go into, and I could do one at a time, and I started to do uh, just that, and um, it's the framework applied. Let me read the opening paragraph. What follows seeks to humanize the young-derived framework. This section invites the reader to imagine a dialogue between the components of the framework and the life experiences of five individuals, each a person of some public note. Each study will cover three aspects of the subject's journey, the call, achieving personality, and becoming a leader combined, and engaging in leadership. So it's basically kind of a snapshot of each person in relation to the framework theory that they're putting together for Carl Jung. Um, I read the first one, and then I decided to back out of it. Uh, it is that time of year. It's a election year right now, and some of the figures are well-noted uh, political figures who have political leanings, and so I'm not sure that I'm going to actually read those particular ones, each one in turn. I would very much like to. But instead, I think I will only read the one where they, where they, I say they because this is a meta-analysis, many people looking at uh, these different characters in relation to Carl Jung. So um, the one I think I will read is the one about C.G. Jung, Carl Jung himself. And then we'll just finish up today. So this is kind of a character sketch of him himself and his own leadership style. Uh, Carl Jung. Jung's call to personality came as he read a book by Kraft Ebbing on psychiatry 
and was overcome with the most tremendous rush by a sudden initiative, uh, by a sudden intuitive understanding of the connection between psychology and or philosophy and medical science. He recounted on the spot, I made up my mind to become a psychiatrist because there was a chance to unite my philosophical interests with natural science and medical science. Reflecting later on this experience, Jung observed, it was as though two rivers had united in one grand torrent and were being, uh, in that torrent, were, were bearing me inexorably toward distant goals. So it was like the merging of a delta of these two great rivers. Jung's sudden intuition led, of course, to the early stages of his work on the creation of analytical psychology, as documented in a 1916 lecture entitled The Conception of Unconsciousness and in Psychological Types. But of equal importance, it led Jung to a parallel profound, intentional, and multi-year encounter with his unconscious as documented in both The Red Book and in Memories, Dreams, Reflections. Writing about this groundbreaking work of individuation, Van Der Post, um, Jung's biographer and longtime friend, wrote this, quote, The immediate practical message of all these years for Jung was clear. All the great intangible, imponderable, ineffable, and yet objective demonic images, dreams, fantasies, and things which he had been concerned were with which he had been concerned were not just to do with himself, but with modern man as a whole. Jung's intellectual leadership was notable in his mentorship of the inner circle of the first generation of analytical psychologists. It was also evident in the central role he played in fostering the understanding and practice of analytical psychology around the globe. He took over the presidency of the International General Medical Society for Psychotherapy in 1934, and in 1948 he founded the Carl Jung, or the C.G. Jung Institute in Zurich, leading it until 1961. So there you kind of have a snapshot of his leadership in action, and how he came about uh, his back, some of his backstory. Yes, he is kind of different than. Um, Freud on the account of dreams as well. I've mentioned earlier that there are some things that were different between him and Freud, and that might be possibly why they parted ways. They were close companions or colleagues, I guess you might say, at one point. They are kind of part of the, that club of guys who started, who, uh, who started the whole psychology, psychiatry thing. But, um, he believed that for a person to be treated of their dreams, well, Freud basically believed you kind of had to treat and fix whatever it was, the dream, and um, pull the person away from it as if it's a night terror or some kind of problem. But Jung was a little bit different. He believed that for the person, their dream, if they have a recurring dream especially, and this is documented in some case studies, he did this with a young lady who kept on having the same dream, and he basically treated her because um, he believed that for her, the dream she had was her reality. It was just as real to her as her waking moments because it was a recurring dream. It was something that she felt like she had to 
have or, or that was going to be a part of her life. And so he basically treated that as reality until that whole issue came to fruition and was resolved in her life. And for Jung, um, that's basically what the biographer was saying, that the work that he did when he went into introspection and when he took the time to reflect on what he was going to do, the demons he battled, so to speak, everybody's got their own demons, I guess, but hopefully they're angels, but uh, you never know, in disguise, um, that he was basically fighting battles for the whole world. And that's another area where he was different than Freud. His idea of types or ideas weren't just of individuals, like we're not just a whole world of somebodies, as Freud might say, uh, with these individual components of our life, the id, the ego, the superego. Jung applied types or archetypes to the whole world, and he basically studied cultures and stories that affected the whole world, and he started seeing patterns throughout the whole world. Um, I share this with my sons, and you can see it throughout uh, famous movies, and you can also see it throughout the greatest story ever told, basically, if you want to think about a movie or if you just want to think about the story of Christ, is the hero's journey or the hero's myth. I'm not going to go into all the components of it, but Freud did not necessarily believe in these overarching themes and cultures, but Jung was more of a philosopher and more of a great anthropologist, I could say, where he studied culture as well. So it was interesting to see here too as well that he became the leader of the society, General Medical Society for Psychotherapy, and uh, had his own institute in Zurich. So let's skip on past these other ones. Although I would love to read them, it's just not the season for reading those particular type of uh, political backstories. Uh, I'd, I'd, I think it would be best not to. It's more of the season for Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, anyway, conclusion. In the final analysis, the framework laid out, documented, and discussed in this essay is probably best seen as a hypothesis. And a hypothesis, by the way, is not just an educated guess. A hypothesis has to be ran through the ringer before it can even be presented, presented in some sort of journal like this. It's not just like the beginning of the scientific method. It's already been uh, taken through a number of hoops or else it wouldn't even be on paper for us to have at our fingertips like this. It's probably best seen as a hypothesis. One possible outcome of searching for a pattern in Jung's disparate thoughts about leaders and leadership. There could be other hypotheses, plural, including an empty set. As to whether the framework developed here suggests in any way that Jung had a leader-leadership design in mind in drafting the personality in prestige cases, the jury is still out. Yeah, the jury is still out. So he's basically saying it's, um, he can't say from the studies of Jung that Jung ever intentionally set out to prove some sort of leadership theory. He was concerned with other areas, like I said, philosophy, archetypes, anthropology, psychology. 
And he was also caught up quite a bit with this club of guys uh, who were uh, working together, including Freud. As to whether the framework developed here suggests any way that, in any way that Jung had a leadership design in mind in drafting the personality in prestige cases, the jury is still out. To this point, a colleague has suggested to me that the fragmentary nature of Jung's treatment of leadership is documented in the Corlett Chrysalm article might have reflected the workings of Jung's intuition rather than any systemized and reasoned approach to the topic. The colleague has suggested further that, a, that my hunch about there being more than meets the eye could be a reflection of Jung's own approach. Jung and I both working intuitively with similar pieces of a puzzle, but neither of us with the box top needed to see the complete picture. <laughs> now looking ahead, for one seeking to work with the framework, several avenues might prove useful. First, looking more deeply into Jung's corpus for further clues about the framework as a valid expression of Jungian ideas. Second, inquiring into how well the framework actually stands up in its application to the study of additional real-world leaders, ideally using in-person interviews. And third, exploring the applicability of the framework to leaders and leaderships in areas of the world with non-Western European values and tradition. Looking beyond the framework, there could be a merit in comparing its core assertion that leader and leadership are fundamentally different concepts, with ideas on this matter held by many conventional leadership theorists. So it's kind of like a which came first, the leadership or the leader, uh, or the chicken or the egg. So the contributor is John G. Corlett. He's a PhD. He spent 25 years as a political analyst, as a manager, and finally as an internal change consultant for the federal government. He then taught for more than 20 years at the University of Virginia. Mr. Corlett earned a PhD in organizational psychology from Union Institute. He is a co-author of Mapping the Organizational Psyche, and his email is gcorlett at comcast.net. And if you liked this uh, particular series, there's a good email to send them to and just say, hey, it's like dial 1-800-MY-MANAGER, jgcorlett, C-O-R-L-E-T-T, at comcast.net. And I'll go through these real quick, the names, just so that you know how many people were involved in this particular study um, that he had. Uh, you can turn this off if you like to now, but some people just might like to know. In psychology, the f whole name isn't listed. But I'll give you the names of the people that were, uh, their, their, their first initial and their last name. T. Abt, S. D. Eisenstadt, G. C. Ashley, R. Reeder Palman, D. Berry, J. Beebe, W. Bennis, P. G. Born, C. G. Institute in Zurich, and the website for that, if you're interested, is youngstitute.ch slash en. So it's j-u-n-g institute without the e dot c-h slash en. J.E. Carter, 
A.D. Coleman. A.D. Coleman again with E. Abulegero. B.W. Cook. J.G. Corlett. And he wrote a number of articles that contributed also. E.F. Edinger. Denlowski. K. C. Emery. A. Hamby. B. Feldman. M. Fox. W. L. Gardner. C. C. Kohlsgler. J. Hillman. L. Hillman. Oliver. R. Oliver. J. Jacoby. K. Gironette. M. Stein. J. Johnson. H. Morgan. R. A. Johnson. And then a number by Carl Jung, where he referenced a number of his works. And then T. Carp, M. F. R. Ketz de Vries, M. L. King, as in Martin Luther King Jr. was referenced, T. B. Kirsch, W. E. Koning, J. M. Cozies, B. Z. Posner, O. Kroger, J. Thusen, D. M. Latkin, C. Spiller, G. Craze, J. P. Lash, C. Lawrence, R. Marshak, M. Mark, C. S. Pearson, J. C. Maxwell, W. McGuire, R. F. C. Hole, The Miller Center website, S. B. Oates, E. E. Olson, H. Owen, C. S. Pearson, H. K. Marr, A. Samuels, K. T. Scott, P. M. Singe, C. O. Sharmer, J. Jaroski, B. S. Flowers, T. Singer, M. Stein, J. Taylor, L. Vanderpost, and J. Vandersteuer. K. Webb, and then there was the White House website. So there you have it. There's the article, and it's been a pleasure to read it. I've enjoyed reading it aloud. Um, for me, right now, I'm in the middle of a, or at the beginning, actually, of a reading week for one of the seminaries that I've studied with, and I'm looking forward to doing some other readings along the way this week, so I thought I would uh, come back to this one. And I hope that you all have a good week as well. It is Halloween week, and it's also celebrated simultaneously on August, October 31st. There's a lot of this and that about All Saints Day or who, whose day is what day and before and after Halloween. But we do know for sure on October 31st, um, Martin Luther, the first Martin Luther that we know of, nailed the 95 Thesis to the Wittenberg door and started the Great Reformation. And because of that very act, we have Protestantism. So that's another thing just to think about on October 31st. Not a lot of people dress up as Martin Luther. Um, I did one time for a presentation, but, you know, not everybody does. I hope you all have a great week and a great weekend. <laughs>